This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the Kiwi Fruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show. Morena no mai kiti korero. Welcome to the catch up on Manawatu People's Radio. Tereo Irorangi Onatangata o Manawatu. It is a Wednesday morning, and uh, here on the catch up, we turn our attention to Palmerston North City Council every second Wednesday. And today we have Councillor Leone Hapata in the studio. Good morning to you. Kiora and good morning. Hello, everybody. Um, it's it's been a while since we've caught up, and um, I don't know what the excuse is really. Possibly lockdown last year, because we tend to get through each councillor about once a year, once every six months or so, and just lockdowns and changes have all been uh, an issue. But you're one of the longest-standing councillors now, aren't you? I'm one of them, There's with the exception of Von Dennison, who who likes to tell everyone yeah, how long in, he's been in there. Yes. maybe Susan Beatty's. Yeah, I'm behind. One of those three. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Um, but certainly a veteran, and we've seen a lot of changes recently, a lot of new faces around the council table. Um, has that, in your sort of experience of the, the space, uh, been a detriment or a benefit in terms of just how, how quickly council can get through things, its, it's efficacy? No, I, I think the changes have been really good, and it's really good to see new faces around the table. And, and it's, I love the breath, the breath of fresh air that comes in when every time we get new councillors in. Mm-hmm. It's really good. And, uh, of course, uh, election time, not far away. Six, nope. six months away? Yep, six months away. Mm. Oui. Uh, are, will, will you be standing again? Yes, I will. Yes, very yeah. good, very good. Um, so let's have a look at what, because with the uh, the council slot uh, that we have uh, for the city council on the catch up, we've sort of been focusing on the EOC, the the, the team up at Tel Nui, uh, managing during lockdown level three, and uh, I think they've kind of disbanded in level two now, haven't they? That's what happened last time. Um, so time to sort of turn our attention back to the, the governance side of things. Uh, having said that, uh, one thing we should say straight off the hop, that this Friday is quite an important day for ratepayers. Uh, do you want to explain why that would be? Well, I think it's because the rates are due, so mm. everybody needs to get their rates in. I know it's a hard time at the moment to pay your rates, but if you can get your rates in, it'll be great. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, there's a penalty, and everybody hates having to pay a penalty, but yeah, it'd be good to get your rates paid. And it is a fairly substantial penalty, 10%. Uh, if they are not paid by this Friday. Uh, I would assume that for extenuating circumstances, there would be a sympathetic ear, though, if people at least make contact by they Friday. They do. If they do make contact, um, there is somebody there that um, I think you just have to um, make contact with the accounts department and put a case forward if you can't pay your rates. Mm-hmm. There is always someone there that will listen and you can put a case forward for that. Yes. Uh, and uh, another, a brief, uh, serious moment, but uh, in, in memory of Cocky. Uh, Cocky died at the uh, just at the tail end of August there. Uh, he reached a ripe old age, didn't he? Mm. Uh, we should explain Cocky's a parrot, a cockatoo. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. So, um, you know... All the best, Cocky, now yes. that he has gone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
any any uh, any intentions to? You can't replace cocky, but maybe another cockatoo or I'm another. I'm sure bird? that there is that is on the horizon. <laughs> I'm sure that that's what they are planning to do is for replace them or find something along those lines. There we go. Now to slightly more serious business. Um, your portfolio uh, around the council table is that of the the CBD and retail, and. Um, Certainly from my perspective, in this most recent lockdown and level three, the community at large is not so unsettled. Um, There's not that need for information. People know what they're doing. We've been here before. That's fine. But the hospitality and entertainment industry are hurting. Um, I believe one theatre company, for example, amateur theatre company, is in debt to the tune of $110,000 because they had to cancel a show during lockdown. I'm sure that will all be figured out. It's an extenuating circumstance. But nevertheless, that gives you a scale. An amateur theatre company, $100,000 worth of debt. You know, extrapolate that across other industries and places. With your CBD and retail hat on, you must be sort of the first port of call for a lot of these businesses and industries that are struggling. Oh, it is really hard. And, and me being a retailer myself, it is so hard to be in that position where you do owe money and, and you do have suppliers that are, you know, begging for their money to be mm. paid. So it is really hard, um, Fraser, to, to know that you have to pay these these um, suppliers their money. But um, we're all in the same boat. We've all got to try and row in the same direction and um, we can only pay the money when we actually get paid ourselves. Mm-hmm. So we've all got to try and um, put one foot in front of each other and try and pay the debts back when we can pay the debts back and get out of these, these levels. So as soon as we get back to level one, we'll all be a lot better off. Mm. So we just want to get back to level one. Uh, yes, indeed. And, and here's hoping that this is the last week of, of, of level two. Uh, of course, if people still think that flying from Auckland to Wanaka for a, a jaunt is a good idea, I mean, arguably that couple uh, did one thing and that was make uh, Jacinda and Ashley's life a lot easier because keeping the country in higher alert levels with that as an example just goes to show... You know, we're all in this together and it doesn't take much to, to ruin it for everyone. It was just terrible. It was a terrible example and it was terrible that they got away with doing what they did and I hope they get absolutely slammed for what they did and mm. get a big, huge fine. I think it was terrible and I think, you know, we, we can't say any more about that because the no. courts will probably yes. put the the boot into them. Yes. Well, here's hoping, although <laughs> apparently the, 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 the whiff of privilege is, is wafting around yeah. and apparently we, we'll Yuck. never find out who they were and how much yeah. it's going to cost them. Mm. Um, but, yeah, so we are in level two. We're hoping for, for level one. I mean, are, is our CBD going to look the same pre-lockdown and post level two or are there going to be some papered up windows well i, I that's going to be hard to say because we, we all don't know what is going on behind the closed doors of each business but mm. it would be good to um feel that we we are going to come out of this not smelling of roses but we're going to come out of this in a positive frame of mind i mean i want to talk about one thing and that is the parking um mm. we went into the before this with a parking petition where five thousand signatures had been sought. Um, Council have listened to um, our community over this and the officers have put a paper together and and that paper is going to the Finance and Audit Committee 
uh, I think in about a week's time. So we will hear what the officers have come back with and we'll hear what um, is going to happen for parking for the CBD. I think that's quite been quite a big issue. Um, well, it's going to be a tough sell if, if 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 you push forward with the original plan, which is uh, not so the, the increase in cost. No one had an issue, I think, with the increase in – well, someone probably did, but the general consensus was the increase in cost was fine. It was it was further uh, charging later into the the evenings and and, and getting rid of the, the the free Sundays. That was the the main issue. It's going to be a hard sell now post another well, lockdown because it affected it affected um, you know the theatre goers as well well as it affected the the staff that were working in retail mm. and in hospitality. So those are the, the key people that it did affect. Mm-hmm. So it will be interesting as councillors, I mean, I've got to watch what I say here because I'm also a person that owns a restaurant yes. So and I've got staff that it really did affect. But so it will be interesting to see as a council which way we do go. But mm. that, that paper comes to us in two weeks' time. So hopefully we will get that decision across the road cross the line and we'll see how which way we go. But we are listening to our community. And and to be fair, councillors don't come up with the finite the the the, the 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 detail of these plans. You vote on what is put to you by your officials and yes. your officers. So yes. and this is kind of what happened the first time round. Uh, it was a little embarrassing but also understandable that the proposal for the changes in parking was within another bigger, wider proposal uh, and missed by some people. It was quite definitely frankly. Missed. Mm. And it was it was we should never have missed it, but it was missed mm-hmm. by us, and um, that's why it's been brought up again. Yeah. So this is coming back, and again, you will find out what the the council officers have done to amalgamate the original uh, justifications, the feedback from the community, possible changes, the implications of a the lockdown, it, and the cost. And the cost. Mm. And the cost is a big thing because you know who is going to actually have to pay for it, and that's the key thing, which is where the office will be coming from as well. It's not often you get to be popular in council, is it? Hmm. <laughs> um, so, yes, the parking is going to be that people should keep an eye on uh, the headlines for the announcement of that because I'm sure Janine Rankin from the Manawatu Standard will be all over that she when will. that comes sure. out. I, I want to go back to a point you did bring up, though. So mm. I think there is a fund. You talked about those um, areas that have been those groups that have been affected adversely affected by the lockdown Mm -hmm. they can go for assistance so it's an assistance being offered for community groups and they can go to a fund for community groups it's called community funding at pncc.gov.nz or they can phone the coordinator on 06356 8199 yep. and so it's a community funding group for for events that have been affected by COVID. Right, so if people like the Amateur Theatre Group for example, yes. I'm not sure they'll get their $100,000 out but of there. They but can they can mm. go and apply for for some kind of assistance yep. for for if they need to. Yep. So it's exactly those groups that you were talking about mm. Fraser. Very good. Um, what else can we talk about? I mean, I, 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 I want to sort of focus on the state of the city, and, and particularly with with your your CBD and retail hat on, what sort of feedback are you getting about 
to a certain extent, the central government response uh, to the pandemic this time round, but also the council's response. Because one of the key differences I, I noticed uh, this time round is in the first lockdown, councils across the region both feet into the welfare space. That was very much where the councils saw that they could contribute to keeping things going, you know, delivering groceries, prescriptions, making sure people were all right. MSD did that all this time round. And I know certainly in Manawatu there's been mixed feelings about that. Are you getting any feedback around the, the response that way? I feel it's quite different this time round. I feel like MSD have really pulled their socks up. So this time round... We have got a different role Mm. and I think that as a council um, we are more making sure that everything else is running quite smoothly in terms of our infrastructure, our parks and our what what council does Mm -hmm. and that everything else around what government does is looking after like the funding, the support. The, how people can get payments is what government is really looking after, which in a way is what the model is all about. Mm-hmm. And I think we're doing we're doing our knitting, they're doing their knitting. Yep. We're all looking after what we should be looking after. Did you have a lot more staff, though, twiddling their thumbs during Levels 4 and 3? I couldn't possibly answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> is that one for Heather, is it? <laughs> that is not a question that I could possibly answer. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> with regards to business and retail then, it, again, um, council were offering support last time round. Um, yes. Is that as I, I, prolific th- that, I think that's a good question. So that's a question I can answer. So CEDA and the Chamber of Commerce are still offering support to businesses that need support. And so those that, that, that support has been offered to businesses that need it mm-hmm. in terms of mentoring, in terms of offering them support if they need it, in terms of where they go to to get support for those businesses that need to, um, you know, coaching, mentoring, mm-hmm. financial support, if they need a lawyer, if they need any kind of like restructuring of business or where to go to in terms of their banking support mm. and all that sort of stuff. So, yes, so that's where CEDA and that's where um, the Chamber of Commerce have been very good this time round as well, as, as they were last time round too. Yeah, and again, there's that difference where, you know, most sensible businesses have deep pockets uh, and, and, and have enough there And certainly during the first lockdown, although it was a longer duration, I grant you, there was a bit more optimism. And CEDA demonstrated this in their surveys and their their, their data collection. There was was a bit more optimism there. And people did take that time and, and that advice to go, let's look at the business. Let's take the time to look at strategy and direction and, you know, the effectiveness and and is there any dead weight that we can get rid of? And just, you know, look at the business, take the time where you normally you're at the coalface, you can't do that because there was a bit of money to tide you over until... But people have used up that money now, and they haven't had the chance to save again, ready for another lockdown. So people don't have that op- optimism. They're just terrified, aren't they? I think so. I think this time around there is a lot more nervousness. People want to get back to work as quickly as they can. Mm. Yeah, I don't feel like there's that same round of readiness this time around. No, not yeah. at all. Uh, well, it's, 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 it's all doom and gloom, really, isn't it? <laughs> um, listen, with the... Um, you mentioned, obviously, um, 
the the with Sida, and it occurs to me that yesterday we spoke to Hayden Potaka, who is uh, mm-hmm. has uh, written or collate, collated uh, the Maori Economic Report. Uh, I was quite excited to interview him because the attention to a specific area of the economy um, was really neat, and and what I got from Hayden was that. It's a good news story for Maori. It's a really good document to demonstrate the contribution that is being made. But it also reinforces the narrative that Maori tend to be over or underrepresented in the bad ways across a lot of statistics. In this case, maybe the support of Maori business uh, in Manawatu, Whanganui could be better. Um, this report was obviously brought together with CEDA and the City Council. Are the City Council going to be reading this and taking it seriously? Yes, we will be. I mean, we just haven't seen the report yet, mm-hmm. but we will do. Yes. Yeah, it was only re- launched yesterday, wasn't mm-hmm. it? So it's, it's, it's but it's it, it's it's exciting one. Uh, are you going to have a go at the Tereo version or, or 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 stick with the English one? I will stick with the English one. Well, it is Tewiki or Tereo Māori, so you know at least have a casual glance and see what you can recognise. I think that's the the the, the message for everyone. Um, now, you said before we went uh, on air that. Um, Sometimes acknowledgement of people's efforts uh, is, is sadly lacking, particularly in times of crisis, uh, and you wanted to take an opportunity to uh, thank a few people. Well, I just think that there is a lot of people out there that have been working really hard, and particularly in lockdown three and lockdown four, that we just tend to overlook. People that have cleaned toilets, people that have been working in the supermarkets, and people that we just every day walk right past and we don't just say thank you very much so from me and even from Fraser yes. we just actually want to just say thank you very much for everything that you do for us and thank you because mm. I think that we don't say thank you enough and and I think that you know all of us we just need to start saying thank you a lot more because I think um, we do need to be more of a humbling, humbling um, being rather than being more of a taking um, nation. So I, I just want to say thank you very much for all the hard work that you do do um, as a community. Yes. And and as a white, I mean, you know, politics aside, Jacinda is right. Be kind, uh, first and foremost. And it really grinds my gears when you see people getting frustrated in the supermarket with the supermarket workers, because these are our frontline essential service providers. And their kids just out of school, a lot of them. You know, this supermarket checkouts and shelf stacking is the first job you do out of school, stereotypically. So just bear that in mind when you can't find a bag of flour. What's more important? The, the clue is it's not the flour. Um, oh, I was going to ask you something there about uh, the central government. Oh, that's right. Um Managed isolation. This might seem irrelevant to the City Council perspective, but bear with me. Uh, A lot of uh, criticism around the way managed isolation, MIQ, is being run. Um, Even the the minister in charge, Chris Tipkins, uh, acknowledging that capacity is tight. And so this has uh, incited a lot of uh, criticism and, and ideas from other parties around purpose-built managed isolation facilities for use for 
this time round into the future, the next pandemic, maybe they could be repurposed uh, for something else in the intervening times, because this is the other thing, we're repurposing motels, whereas perhaps we should repurpose managed isolation as something else because the security issues go the other way. Ohakia was raised as a potential place, as someone uh, suggested Ohakia would be a good place for MIQ. Um, what are your thoughts about a potential MIQ so close to Palmerston North that has done fairly well in this pandemic? I think 33 cases uh, in mid-central. Do we want to be inviting potential uh, spread of uh, community transmission uh, with something so close? Well, I think it's a great idea. Yeah? Yeah. I, I think that they should have built uh, – Fenuapai would have been a great place to start with up, up in Auckland. I think they should have started there. And I always thought that right from the start. And I think Ohaki would have been a second base. Mm-hmm. So I think to start with them rather than putting them into these hotel motels, I think putting them into these um, Air Force bases would have been a great place to start. So, yes, <laughs> I would have said yes right from the bat. Because, I mean, it is there is an interesting point, I suppose, in that managed isolation is meant to be secure, but it's not a prison. Um, and getting that right is quite tricky. And I suppose the hotel and motel is one way of ensuring that it doesn't feel like a prison. The problem is people are escaping. Do mm. Is there any potential, I don't know, economic benefit to having something like that closer? Or is this would that be something that well, this area would just take a hit and go, we're doing something well, for the I team of the five million? Well, I think the economic benefit was they needed, they needed these hotels to be sustainable, so they needed them to make money. So mm. that's what's happening with them is that's why they put them into there to make so that they continue to make money. I suppose. And that's, that's, where, where, that's why that... That's why they were used. Do you have any idea, and I think I'm asking you this more on a personal level, and I wish to acknowledge that, that if, if you do choose to answer, it's not necessarily on behalf of the City Council, but once the vaccination rates are up, are we going to see the borders open? I because hope I mean, so. there's only so much else we can do, isn't oh, there? Oh, Fraser, I hope so. We have to. I think once the vaccination rate's up, we've got to get the borders open. Mm. Mm. But, uh, for, for many, many reasons. Because, I mean, at the moment, uh, the, the, I, I tell people now when people argue with the lockdown, it, it's awful. It is awful. People's livelihoods are on the line. But people aren't dying. And more importantly, the health system is not swamped because New Zealand's health system ain't the best in terms of capacity particularly in Palmerston North, where they're trying to build new wards for various uh, enterprises at the moment. If we open the borders, even if the vaccination rate is up, we're hearing that the you know vaccination might stop you getting as sick, but you're still going to get sick. There's still going to be a load on the health system and there are still going to be people that aren't vaccinated. Are, can we cope with that? Well, I think people will die anyway. Mm. I mean, for me, opening the borders is the mo- only solution for going forward. We've got to get our immigration rates back up. We have to get international students back into the country. We've got to get our international economy mm-hmm. going. And tourism. And tourism. The tourism's probably the big one. Even for a region like Palmerston North and Manawatu, where people don't think we have tourism, we do. Um, we are pretty much out of time, Leonie. Was there anything else you wanted to touch on today? No, I think we've covered everything. Thanks, Fraser. Marvellous. Uh, Leonie Hapita from Palmerston North City Council, thank you for joining us on The Catch-Up this morning. Thank you. It's been lovely. Thank you. And remember, if you want to listen to this or previous editions of The Catch-Up series, head to the website npr.nz forward slash show forward slash catch-up. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition. Make sure you join us then. Bye for now. 
support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate.